1: Enjoy local voices, enjoy local opinions, all on one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast DC is the new local app with hundreds of DC area podcasts, featuring some of the DC area's best personalities, pundits, and provocateurs. Earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts you love instantly. With new programs being added every week, don't hesitate. Download Podcast DC now for free. Available in the App Store or in Google Play. Podcast DC. Listen local.
0: Beano Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge. Because as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birth this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty.
1: Hey, gang. Thanks so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast with me, Dr. Plenty. Week after week, I get so many interesting questions. Um, Since a number of those questions have dealt with pregnancies with chromosomal abnormalities, I thought we'd do a little mini series. So today, this is the last of the Soft Marker series. This time, we're going to focus on neck thickening. Patients and sometimes doctors will simplify this soft marker as a neck thickening, quote unquote, when really we're referring to either a thickened nuchal translucency or a thickened nuchal fold. Both of these are more serious soft markers, but they are very different. The nuchal translucency is something we assess on ultrasound between 11 weeks, three days, and 13 weeks and six days when the lymphatic system is starting to develop. Looking at your baby in the profile view we look at the back of the neck and down the back. It can be thick due to a limited lymphatic drainage. So there's like, we look for the nasal bone, which looks like an equal sign on ultrasound. And then there's two little layers that we look at and we're gonna measure that. And that can be on the back of the neck or the upper back. Okay, The normal measurement of that little area is less than three millimeters. Above that measurement, there is an increased risk of chromosomal abnormalities. When the measurement gets above 6.5 millimeters, there's a 65% chance that there is a chromosomal abnormality and a 20% chance that you could lose a pregnancy. If, that is, if it's that thick and you have invasive testing to evaluate for genetic abnormalities and that's normal, then there's also a 25% chance of a major heart defect. So of the soft markers, this one is the biggest one and the most predictive when it's by itself. Even if everything else looks normal. And when I see someone with a pregnancy, with a thickened nuchal translucency, I take it seriously because something is going on until I ruled out all other possibilities. Can your baby still be normal with a thickened nuchal translucency? Well, yeah, your baby can be normal, but we have to make sure with these numbers that there's nothing else going on. It would be a disservice to tell you prematurely that everything is normal before a thorough workup has been done. Now, the nuchal fold, on the other hand, is a more focal measurement right behind the posterior aspect of the baby's head. We evaluate the head in axial view, almost as if we did a transverse slice from front to back of the head, and then we're looking down. That slice has to contain, in the image, the front brain, uh, front part of the brain, and that landmark is called the cavum septum pellucida. It's for our medical listeners, I just mentioned that, but it's basically a little area that tells us that both sides of the brain are communicating. And then there's a posterior landmark, which is the cerebellum that controls um, balance and coordination. If these two landmarks are not in the picture, then it's not an accurate measurement, okay? Then we measure the thickness from the skull bone with those landmarks to the skin line. This measurement is taken during your anatomy scan and your anatomy scan is usually done somewhere between 18 and 20 weeks. Um, But it can be taken as early as 16 weeks up to 21 weeks and six days. And it should be less than six millimeters. Remember your nuchal translucency is done really, really early before we can see the rest of the anatomy before 13 weeks and six days, 11 to 13 and six, right? Mm The nuchal fold is done during the anatomy scan, so later when we can evaluate everything, okay? Being above the six millimeter cutoff for the nuchal fold increases the likelihood of Down syndrome. It actually increases it threefold, even if everything else is normal. So even if the nuchal translucency early in the pregnancy was normal, it still is associated with Down syndrome and other chromosomal abnormalities. So it's important um, to have it measured accurately. If there is a nuchal translucency and cyst in the back of the neck, um, or a nuchal fold with cyst in the back of the neck, then that is an extremely high risk of a chromosome abnormality. And those cysts are called cystic hygromas. OK. Um, they are closely associated with either Turner syndrome, which is when um, you have a little girl that has 45 chromosomes instead of 46, because she only has one X chromosome and she doesn't have two Xs, can be associated with Nunan syndrome, which is almost like the male version of Turner syndrome in boys, can be associated with Down syndrome, major heart defects, and other chromosomal abnormalities as well. If your baby has a thickened nuchal translucency or nuchal fold, you should really, really y'all consider invasive testing, even if you don't plan to terminate. Why? Why? If I'm not gonna change anything, why would I do that? Because being prepared at the time of delivery has great value for both you and for your provider and for your baby's pediatric team, okay? You wanna make sure that people are prepared for this baby because baby with, with chromosomal abnormalities act and behave differently than babies that have normal chromosomes. And if your baby has a lymphatic drainage problem, even with a normal heart, we wanna make sure we're prepared um, and the NICU is prepared for your baby at the time of delivery. If you have a thickened nuchal translucency, remember, this one is done the early one, remember? then you can either get a chorionic velus sampling, which is a CVS, which is basically a little biopsy of the placenta or the afterbirth. It's a really good test to evaluate for chromosomal abnormalities. However, there is about a 1% chance and 1% of the time that the placenta and the baby have a genetic makeup. And for our providers listening, that's called placental mosaicism, okay? Meaning the baby and the placenta, different genetic makeup, only happens 1% of the time. It's also not good at single gene disorders unless there's specific probes that are used for that test. Okay, there's just too many genes to test all of them. So when we're doing these genetic tests, they're really good at detecting three chromosomes instead of two on each number. Okay, they're very good at testing big deletions and insertions, meaning ones that are more than five base pairs long. Well, that's actually small, but... They have to be at least five base pairs long for them to universally screen for them. Otherwise, it would have to be a specific probe. Okay. Now the risk for a CVS because of course it's invasive. We're putting a, uh, we're doing a biopsy of the placenta the risk is going to be uh, of losing the pregnancy is what most people worry about but that risk is really 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 low it's only about 1 in 200 to 1 in 300 chance of that happening and that's before they were done under ultrasound guidance we just still have to quote you those numbers and so that's small it's like a 0.3 to 0.5% chance of something some complication happen you also have the option of waiting until 16 weeks and getting a genetic amniocentesis now this is a test That's a gold standard for all um, chromosomal abnormality testing in pregnancy because it tests cells that flake off and enter the amniotic fluid, and that is the baby cells. So you don't have to worry about placenta mosaicism or the baby having a different genetic type than the placenta because we're not sampling the placenta. We're taking sample directly from the fluid that surrounds the baby. Now, this test also does not automatically detect all, detect all single gene disorders. So like I said before, there's just too many of them. So we have to do pros for, for conditions specifically that are less than five base pairs long. So for example, sickle cell anemia is just, it, you have all the genes, but the order of the guanine and valine um, genes are flopped. It would have to be a pro, a specific lab test for sickle cell disease, okay, sickle cell anemia, because it won't just detect that with just a regular amniocentesis or even just a regular microarray, which is when it's trying to detect whether there's little bitty things that are deleted or inserted, okay? And then with amniocentesis, your risk is going to be about half the risk of a CVS because you're further along into the pregnancy and you're not taking a sample of the placenta. And that risk is lower, right? You about 0.2 to 0.3% or 1 in 300 to 1 in 500 chance of a pregnancy complication. Okay, so now that we know a little bit more about the nuchal translucency and the nuchal fold or
2: that thickness on the back of your baby's neck, let's go to some cases from our listeners. Our first case is a 37-year-old who is 19 weeks and three days pregnant with her first child. She's having a child via IVF and did not get pre-implantation genetics. She had a normal NIPT at 11 weeks and did not get an early ultrasound for nuchal translucency. She had an anatomy scan done at 18 weeks and was told that her baby had a thickened nuchal fold. Right at 6.2 millimeters, she presents for a detailed ultrasound and for further management of her thickened nuchal fold. So if you've been listening to the
1: podcast, by now you've heard the Soft Markers episode. So there's two other episodes that talks about um, other soft markers that are really not as serious as this one are these two. And we've mentioned an NIPT before, but what that stands for is what's called a non-invasive prenatal test, which is really not a test, it's a screen. So we're moving away from calling it an NIPT and actually calling it an NIPS or non-invasive prenatal screen. You may also hear your providers call it a NIPS test. Not like a nip and tuck, NIPS test, okay? And that test is really good For detection of Down syndrome, uh, which is an extra copy of the number 21 chromosome, detection of trisomy 18, which is Edwards syndrome, as well as trisomy 13, which is Patel syndrome. And anytime you hear the word trisomy, it just means that there are three copies of that particular chromosome number as opposed to two. We should all have two chromosomes for each number and then a sex chromosome. So if you're a girl, you have two X's. If you're a boy, you have an X and a Y, right? And so she's already had this low risk non-invasive screen, which is really good for those three things. But you got to realize that one, now you have a thickened nuchal fold. Okay. So that tells us there's an increased risk of a chromosome abnormality. It doesn't tell us which chromosome abnormality you're at increased risk for. So I would say One, we need to do a detailed scan and see if that is true. You're still in that window where we can remeasure that, right? You're 19 weeks and three days. And so if it's consistently above six millimeters, then I would recommend that you have a genetic amniocentesis. Now, it's completely up to you whether you want it or not, if nothing else is going on. But if there's a major heart defect, I would really encourage you because then I mean, the alarm bells are going off in my head and I'm I'm like, this baby has a chromosomal abnormality until proven. Otherwise, especially if there's a heart defect, y'all, heart defect with a thicker nuchal fold, 80% chance that there's something wrong chromosomally. So it doesn't mean that it has to be one of those three things that you screen for. People forget that test only screens for those three things plus sex chromosomes. And honestly, a sex chromosome abnormality, it doesn't have a high sensitivity for that. It just has high sensitivity for those three trisomies, 18, 21, 13, okay? Now, I will say that, like I said before in the informational segment of this episode, there has to be certain landmarks. And so a lot of people do refer me patients with a thick and fold and then i get them and i'm like what are they talking about this fold is only like 4.5 millimeters because people are not as meticulous at making sure that those landmarks are in place okay you have to see that little boxy thing the csp in the front and the cerebellum in the back to know that you're measuring the right plane otherwise you can just be over measuring it because you have the wrong angle Okay, and I will say at age 37, and my OB people listening, you know I'm gonna fuss about this. This person should have gotten a detailed scan off fat, right? If you're over 35 with one baby or if you're over 33 with twins, you're high risk. We're, you're at higher risk for something to happen during the pregnancy and at a high risk for having a baby with structural malformation. Even if she's 27, she has an IVF pregnancy. So she's also at higher risk. For having a baby, at least with a structural defect, even if she got it pre-implantation genetics, but she didn't. She didn't get pre-implantation genetics. So this patient should have automatically had a detailed ultrasound by a maternal fetal medicine specialist. Yeah, I said it. I know that OB's like, oh, I can't believe. I said it. Okay. I've I've had OBs in my inbox telling me that they thought I bashed an OB. No, I'm not. I'm an OBGYN. It's almost like. If somebody else talks about my sister, I'm gonna get mad, but I can talk about my sister. And I feel like y'all are family, y'all are other OBs, and we need to know, we need to check ourselves. People that have high-risk conditions should have a detailed ultrasound at 18 to 20 weeks. It should be none of this, maybe it's elevated, so then we're gonna refer you to MFM. We're not trying to steal patients, we just wanna help, okay? And so in this particular situation, I don't know if it's really thick because I don't see the images. So it could be something as simple as an over measurement, especially given the fact that everything else is normal and your NIPS is normal, or it could really be a thick and nuchal fold. So I would take a, a, a look and if it is consistently above six, I would offer you a genetic amniocentesis and go from there. I would also do a fetal echo on you because I know there's an increased association with heart defects with a thickened nuchal fold that would be my recommendation Um, and so for the case pearl for this case a detailed ultrasound and a fetal echo are recommended for all patients with ivf regardless of the findings and genetic amniocentesis is recommended for all patients
2: with a thickened nuchal fold all right medical intern what's our second case our second case is a 33 year old who is 26 weeks pregnant with her second child. During her anatomy scan, there was a thickened nuchal fold with a multi-cystic hygroma. She had a genetic amniocentesis that returned as a normal male. However, on ultrasound, the baby now has mildly shortened extremities and an abnormal-shaped chest. The organs are otherwise normal she presents for further evaluation of the thickened nuchal fold.
1: This is a typical referral, okay? So multi-cystic hygroma, what does that mean? That means that when they did the, either the nuchal translucency early on or the nuchal fold um, during the anatomy scan, that they had a thickness that was greater than three millimeters for the nuchal translucency early on or greater than six millimeters during that 16 to um, 21 and six week period. Um, and there were cysts, literally cysts, um, in that area. And that means that there were multiple of them. So that tells us there's some type of obstruction there of the lymphatic system. Okay. And that's highly associated with having a baby with a genetic defect. So what she needs, and she had a detailed scan. So what she needs is an evaluation to see one, Why are the bones short? Is it that they're short because it's a little person and that's why there's a multicystic hygroma because that can happen or especially with the abnormal shaped chest or is there something else going on, okay? Usually if you have a little person, it's not gonna be like mildly shortened extremities. It's gonna be like, oh, these are short extremities, right? And then we look at the ratio of like the head circumference to the belly or, Um, your femal length to your foot length to figure out if this is some type of little person, okay? Or some type of skeletal dysplasia is really what a little person is. So some type of skeletal dysplasia, okay? And it could be a skeletal dysplasia reading this, which could have completely normal, a normal genetic workup because a lot of skeletal dysplasias, I mean, there are thousands, thousands. And some of them are diagnosed clinically because we don't know the genetic makeup of them, okay? Achondroplasia would be the the most common chromosomal abnormality that causes, a um, or, or a syndrome per se, that causes little people. Um, and so, and that's autosomal dominant usually. So I would look back and say, hey, does this patient have a family history of having people with skeletal dysplasia or, or little people in the family? And if she does, then that's our clue that that's what's going on if the dad is older, so let's say we have a dad over 40 and 45, that can be associated with de novo, meaning came out of the blue, out of nowhere, new genetic mutation of some of the autosomal dominant conditions. One of them is achondroplasia. And so that could clue me into testing for that as well. And there are panels to screen for certain skeletal dysplasias, but it still doesn't rule out all of them because there's so many of them, okay? Now, the cystic hygroma, multi-cystic hygroma, can you have that with a little person? Yeah, if there's a heart defect usually or some other evidence of blockage of the lymphatic system. But honestly, skeletal dysplasia usually does not present with a multi-cystic hygroma. So at this point, I'm thinking it's a male, then maybe this is some other type of syndrome like a Noonan syndrome. Noonan syndrome, again, can be autosomal dominant or can have a de novo meaning out the blue spontaneous mutation and it is the male turner syndrome basically those babies can be completely normal besides the hygroma that is a big clue for newman syndrome a boy with the cystic hygroma it looks like turners you're like go look at the gender and like oh there's a penis there Then I'm thinking Noonan's. It's going to be Noonan's until I rule it out completely. And you can't rule Noonan's out completely unless it's something else that you diagnose or after delivery, okay? Um, Because Noonan's is caused by a, a plethora. There are like 11 or 12 genetic mutations off the top of my head that I know that can cause Noonan's and some of which can all be negative because we don't know all the genetic defects that cause Noonan syndrome. Now, the good thing about Noonans, like Turner syndrome, is those babies have normal intellect. There are attorneys that have Noonan syndromes. There are professors and doctors that have Noonan syndrome. So it usually does not affect the intellect unless there's something else associated with it, like a brain defect. But usually that's not the case. Um, So that is a good thing. And so if you had a genetic amniocentesis that already ruled this out, remember that it doesn't necessarily rule out all chromosomal abnormalities, especially syndromes that may not have a known genetic cause yet um, or those single gene deletions. It doesn't do that, okay? Case pearl, genetic amniocentesis does not rule out everything, y'all. It does not. Unfortunately, we wish it did, but it doesn't. And that includes all the single gene deletions and certain syndromes. Specific testing for Nunez syndrome with the Nunez panel would be recommended in this case. All right. What's
2: our emailed case for the day? This one says, Dr. Pliny, I was told by one physician that I had a thick and neutral translucency at 10 weeks and two days. I was referred to an MFM at 12 weeks and was told that it was normal, measuring 1.7 1.7 millimeters. I had an NIPT that returned negative. I am now 13 weeks. Should I have invasive testing done? Oh my God. This happens all
1: the time, right? Because people knee jerk and they're like, oh my God, this person has a thickened nuchal translucency. Now y'all y'all know, y'all know the answer to this already because we already talked about when you need to do a nuchal translucency. 10 and two, close, but no cigar. It's just too early, okay? It's too early, and people do that all the time. They're looking at this little 10-week babies. Uh, There's a huge difference, y'all, between a 10-week, I'm gonna have to post a 10-week baby and an 11-and-a-half-week baby. Like, they are different. Like, a lot happens week to week, especially at the beginning of pregnancy. That's why there are rules to this stuff. Also, most people that are doing nuchal translucency have to be certified to do nuchal translucencies. That's why most of your MFMs are going to be doing your nuchal translucencies because their sonographers have to be NT certified and or the MFM has to do it themselves. Most of your general sonographers are not going to be NT certified unless they took an extra course and an extra test to do be certified. And then they have to turn in those, those pictures every year to be recertified. Why? Because your baby has to have a certain crown rump length, meaning from the top of the head to the tailbone has to be a certain length to make it an, a, a good measurement. Okay, if the baby's too small, we know the dating's off. We can't measure the nuchal translucency. and The gestational age has to be in the 11th week to 13 and six, okay? There is no such thing as a 10-week nuchal translucency. You're gonna measure it, it's gonna be thick every time. If you're an OB, stop doing that. Stop scaring your patients and doing that. I will say, if you had a 12-week NT, which is perfect timing, and it was 1.7, then realistically, ain't nothing going on. Nothing is going on, okay? But now you're scared, right? Because you got two different measurements and two different opinions. And unless that MFM really sat and explained to you why that other one wasn't accurate, you're probably really confused. So would you get, should you get genetic testing, invasive testing? Um, you're 13 weeks. If I were you, I would weigh the risk and the benefits, right? And so I know that a CVS or, or chorionic vela sampling It's riskier, twice as risky as a genetic amniocentesis. And it doesn't rule out placental mosaicism. And if you're like, I am not, I would terminate if my baby had a syndrome, then you do need invasive testing. But I would recommend that you get it done somewhere after the 16 week and get a genetic amniocentesis to be sure. That's what I would recommend. And I would recommend you weigh your options, right? Because if you go 18 weeks and your baby looks completely normal and the nuchal fold also looks completely normal and you already have low risk NIPT or non-invasive prenatal screen, then it was likely that that first measurement was off and you may not want invasive testing. But if you're like, hell bent on, like I need to be a hundred percent, the only way to be a hundred percent in terms of the major chromosomal abnormalities um, is to get a genetic amniocentesis. And so I would start there i would do a detailed scan 18 weeks and then if you still feel um anything in your spirit that tells you that you may terminate if this baby um had an abnormality then get the genetic amniocentesis it's a very low risk uh procedure get it done that way you'll get some preliminary results. Um, we do what's called a fish um, fish microarray. Little preliminary result. You get some results in 72 hours and then it could take up to two weeks to get the final result, but at least you'll only be about 20 weeks. And if you have a genetic abnormality, then if you want to terminate, you can terminate. Okay, even if you don't want to terminate and you wanted it for peace of mind, you can get it done then. Okay, that is what I would recommend. But I will say, if you're listening and you're a healthcare provider, stop doing those nuclear translucencies before 11 weeks. Don't do it. Cause it's gonna be, it's gonna be thick and it's gonna freak everybody out. All right. I think that's all of our cases for today. And my medical intern is shaking her head. Yes. Thanks you guys so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearl's podcast. I hope you've learned a little bit more about these two soft markers, specifically the nuchal fold and nuchal translucency. If you've been enjoying the podcast, make sure to rate and leave a comment on your preferred platform. And please don't keep me a secret. Sharing is caring, so share with your friends. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. Don't forget to also subscribe to the YouTube channel which is youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening.
0: questions regarding a medical condition Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block Because there are drinks Then there are drinks from McDonald's